Hello, and welcome to the Rotman Commerce Podcast. The objective of this podcast is to inspire Rotman Commerce students through interviews and teachings with industry professionals. We look to provide insight into the tips and tricks they learned along their journey, and how to find success within the professional world. Today's guest is the Director of Industry and OEM Sales in Canada for Rockwell Automation. He has worked for Rockwell for over 20 years, worked in both their sales and operations before becoming the Director of Sales in Canada. Please give a warm welcome to Steve Bonney. Hello, Steve, how are you? I'm great, thank you. I would just like to thank you right off the bat for taking the time out of your busy schedule to do this interview. Um, first off, when you graduated, what did you originally want to do? Yeah, thanks for asking. And, and of course, um, always um, a great opportunity to get to spend some time um, talking about kind of how we got here and the things we learned through our career. So um, so first of all, I think it's important to look at when, when I graduated, um, I really had no idea what I wanted to do, but I did know a few things. So through experience that I had gained um, pre-college, through college, um, I knew that I was good with numbers. I knew that I could bring value to an organization um, through things like inventory control, planning, process analysis, through a couple of job experiences, co-op experiences that I had, I had obtained. Um, and I knew that I wanted a job with an organization or a company that was gonna allow me to achieve the personal goals that I was looking to achieve. Nice. What uh, you clearly have been extremely successful within this industry. What is your like competitive advantage, or what have you been able to do to quickly climb the ranks and eventually take over all of sales in Canada? Yeah. So I think it's it's important to start with that answer I just gave you as well with with what I knew I could do and where I started. So um, started as a buyer or a material planner, moving into operations management. And I think a key to success there was just always knowing um, who you are in the moment. And so what I mean by that is um, as an individual, as a person, as an employee, um, who you are is going to change throughout your career. And understanding in the moment of what you bring to your role, what your organization needs you to bring to your role that may be different than others, what you contribute that will be different than others, mm -hmm. I think is always key. And for myself, um, you know, early on, I think that looks different than it did, you know, later on in my career, but a few things really remain the same, okay? So some of those are never be afraid to step up and be accountable. Now, in order to step up and be accountable, you need to be able to, and for myself, it was the ability to, um, to quickly assess a situation, a person, um, an opportunity, and quickly determine the risk level that was involved through the experience that I had. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, feeling very comfortable to put my name behind a decision I was about to make. And I think that's key. Um, I think that's key in any role, but particularly early on in your career, having a willingness to step up and stand behind it and know that the organization will support you mm -hmm. really leads to a successful long-term career. 
Now, something else uh, that I think is really important is I often feel we live in a world of overcomplicated messages. And we sometimes like to um, judge or perceive intelligence through the ability to complicate. And I'm a big believer in the complete opposite of how do you break a message down into simple terms or simple goals into something that the, the listener can understand um, and know how to go away and execute. Mm-hmm. And I think by bringing those things together um, early in my career and understanding how I could lean into those and utilize those as I progressed through my career, career became very important. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, I, I like that the stand up and be accountable, something like that, because obviously everyone's going to make lots of decisions in their career and not all of them are going to be the right decision. But if you look at the risk factor and say, like, if you think this is a re I did this because of a B and C and you had reasons why you made that decision. You're like, I made this decision because of that. It's going to look good on you. It's going to look good for your bosses that even so those situations where you do make the wrong decision, you're going to have a reason for it. And then a lot of the times you're going to make the right decision, hopefully, because you do have the reasons to make that decision. Yeah. I really like how you broke that down kind of a level further as well in the sense. So, so today, if I, if I jump ahead now, um, you know, currently responsible for 70 salespeople, you know, eight to 10 sales managers. And of course, as part of that, many people in their early career, mm-hmm. the first message I give them all the time is you and I will never have a conversation with regards to the decision you made. But of course, we will have a conversation with regards to the process or the data you collected in order to make that decision and where that data came from. And, and with that message, that's, that's not a message of consequence or negativity. It's around really the key to success is how do you pull data in? How do you, how do you process that data and make an effective decision in the moment and do it with speed? Because that's really what's critical to the success of an organization. Yeah. And if you're, if you're bringing data in and processing it correctly, because there is no real wrong way there, then there's no way you can fail. Um, and the organization will stand behind you. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you have the, as long as you definitely took the, you definitely thought about and had reasons to make that decision. Correct. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, If you could do it all again and you were a 20 year old student in college, what would you do differently? Yeah. The first one is, and it's interesting because part of this actually um, also makes me think as well, but The first is, you know, to sum it up, I would say, listen, observe, um, and take the time to understand other people's roles and viewpoints. So, so often in my career early on, I was very quick to judge and or perceive what I felt that individual or that role or that department should be doing in their day-to-day roles. And I've been very fortunate to have the opportunity to work through the organization and um, be part of most of those departments through through different um, aspects of my career. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I've learned is you never truly know until you walk in their shoes, right? Or, or until you live what they live every single day. Yeah. So I know that I could have um, done not only a more effective job in the moment, 
Um, but I believe my career would have progressed even at a quicker pace if I would have taken the time to sit down with them and just ask the questions of where are they coming from? What's important to them? And what I know now is people want to give you those answers. So my, my, the thing I would recommend is don't be afraid to ask. Don't assume what, um, what's important to them. Don't be afraid to ask and truly understand. Um, then hand in hand with that, I think what also is very important is then be also courageous in sharing how that impacts your aspect of the business or the role that you're in and the viewpoint you bring. Because something you can do as a leader within the organization is help that individual now understand the other side if they're not progressive um, or aggressive enough to be doing that on their own. Yeah, definitely. It makes a lot of sense because the effective communication between, say, you and them can help work it work together. Because I mean, as an organization, you're just one big team, essentially. So it's like if you can understand everyone's role and what they have to do and what they bring to the table, you're able to effectively collaborate with them and make sure you get the job done. Correct. And not at surface level, take the time to truly understand. Best way to do that, try to get a job in that department or that business unit at some point, because that's going to give you the experience to truly understand. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's even like for life as well, because I mean, you never really know what someone's going through or so what someone's doing unless you actually uh, live in their shoes. So I mean, by getting a job in in that department as well, you can actually start to understand and then be better within that organization. Um, how important do you think having strong sales skills is within the corporate world? Yeah, I think it's, um, it's a really great question. And I think first you have to step back and define and say what the sales skills mean to you. Um, so without spending an overabundance of time on that, because you could debate that for <laughs> hours, okay? Um, I need to say, Here's what, I, here's what I believe strong sales skills need, mean to me and or to my organization and or our industry. Mm-hmm. I think first and foremost, it's about authenticity. Um, and with authenticity comes the willingness and want to understand your customer and their outcome that they're trying to achieve and or to bring to them um, an unknown outcome that will bring benefit to them, okay? Um, with that, obviously, becomes you know discipline and communication and um, ability to break down that simple message to them and collaborate and so on and so forth. Okay, yeah. So at a high level, if you really look at look at it, I think it's extremely important. And the reason I think it's extremely important because I mentioned earlier about what my role is today. So today, as director of sales, of course, I'm responsible for sales. Yeah. But a very large part of what I do every day is managing my 70 sales employees, mentoring, coaching, so on and so forth. Yeah. And all of those skills that I mentioned, okay, as being part of sales, also transition over to my leadership aspect of my role. Mm-hmm. Right. So for me, the answer to that question is I don't think there's a sales skill that also isn't a leadership skill. And of course, leadership skills are extremely important to any organization. And I think if you start to think about sales in that aspect, it it brings a different um, kind of prep or it it brings a different thought process 
as you approach a sale or you approach a customer, um, that's going to drive you down a different path as well. So I hope I answered your question. Um, but high level, I would say absolutely critical because those are the same skills in leadership, which obviously is very important in any organization. Yeah, no, you did a good job answering that. It's it's very true. I mean, each sales skill, whatever that's like public speaking or just even making someone think the way you think, it's like that's that's a lot of what being a manager is as well as showing, say, your employee of what you want them to do and convince them how to do that and how to make them successful within um, within their own right, their industry. Um, when you're going to say like a big sales meeting with like a high up executive or CEO, how do you prepare yourself and get into the mindset of being ready to make, say, a big sale? Yeah, I think um, it's, a, it's a really good question. And I think that that answer for me today is probably very different than what it used to be. And, and here's what I here's what I mean by that. So so one thing that I think is is. Um, maybe not hard, but take some experience for you as you progress in a sales career is the ability to feel comfortable at that level. And the reality is for me today is I feel very comfortable at that level because I've done it very often mm -hmm. and I, I understand the value that I can bring to them. Yeah. Um, and I think the key to that, okay, really then starts to break down how do you need to prep? So I'm going to start for me today, and that is prep for me today is really about what I touched on a minute ago, is how well do we understand what the customer is trying to achieve, whether that's industry-based, whether that's technology-based, whether that's culture-based, how well do we understand that and where, where, where they're headed, okay? Mm -hmm. So first is, if we don't, I'm going to stop all prep, and that's going to become my meeting is I'm going to go learn that. And part of learning that is going to be with that customer. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so, so that is part of the prep. Now, um, in understanding that as you go through that prep, it really starts to then break down kind of further into levels. So, so what are we pursuing today? Um, what do we bring? How comfortable do I feel that I would buy what we're bringing? So I mentioned earlier, you know, and it's always a gut check that I have is I started Rockwell as a buyer planner and something for me always is, would I buy it? If I wouldn't buy it, I'm not bringing it. Okay. Yeah. So, so the prep for me might not be, you know, at first you might think it's more um, about, Hey, what's my speech going to be or the elevator pitch or what am I leaving with? And that's all important. Okay. But for me, that's truly just in the details. And I have 70 people that can execute that. And we do that every single day. Yeah. For me, it's really more about what are we bringing and what value are we bringing? Because that's what's going to allow me to be authentic. And the first and foremost thing to remember, when you're meeting with executives, they're you. Mm -hmm. so they're just a person making, making higher level decisions than you may or may not be. Okay. And what somebody in front of them to be as real as what they are and to be as authentic as what they are mm. and to, to believe in what they're bringing to you. Okay. So, so if you're doing that and if, if you feel comfortable in your prep that you're doing all of that, then I believe that's the most important part. 
Great. Yeah. I really like that. Uh, believe in like kind of your product. Cause I mean, if you don't believe in your product and you wouldn't buy yourself product, how are you supposed to convince someone else to buy it? Like you, you're not going to be nearly as convincing in your tone as well. Like when you're salesing, because you won't be authentic because you yourself won't actually, you, you yourself won't actually want it. So I, I really like that point. Um, yeah. And here's, sorry, just to, just to yeah, add on oh, there, because oh. you've got me um, passionate about this here as well. So just to add <laughs> on to that as well is there's, there's many suppliers and or vendors that, you know, for me with Rockwell can, can supply drives and or provide software or, industry solutions and and we're equally as good and in most cases if not better and in some cases we're not as good that's not why executives are buying executives are buying because they know that you understand their problem and they have confidence in you in your organization as to how you're going to be with them through the long haul Mm -hmm. um, help them solve their problem so agreed stay away from all the details Think about how they're thinking. That's the real prep. Yeah, because you're selling a solution, essentially. You know, they got a problem and you're trying to solve that problem for them. Mm -hmm. Um, It's crazy to believe that you like getting a college diploma now climb the ladder so high and now have many MBAs working for you. How important do you think schooling really is in the corporate world? Yeah, so um, it's a great question. Uh, It's not, it wasn't as crazy then as it is now. yeah. And um, I guess what I mean, I think um, the, the need or the, um, the focus or importance of education, I think uh, every year is becoming more and more important for very good reasons. Um, here's how I would answer that is um, everyone has their own path. And I mentioned in the first question, what's really important for me, and if I can leave any, if you can leave here with thinking about one thing, that one thing for me would be about know who you are, okay? Mm-hmm. Part of knowing who you are is knowing where you wanna go, what you wanna accomplish, and questioning and asking yourself about how you wanna get there. And a lot of that actually comes back to the opportunities that are presented in front of you, the opportunities you create for yourself, and the organization you work for, okay? Mm-hmm. So if I circle all that back around, What's really important, okay, is if you want to move up in an organization, or for me, the way I always looked at it, if you want to put yourself in a position with an organization where you can create more value to change, where you can have more say in that change, which means you've moved up in the organization, then you have to have a certain mix of skills or knowledge or education experience You have to have a mix of temperament or a good temperament for the fit for the fit for the role. You have to accept the responsibility of certain roles or that role you're aiming for. And and for me, what's really key and fits into this as well is you have to have the information processing capability. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's the ability to to take information or data that's given to you. And at what speed can you turn that around into a solution? or a measurable goal, or, or um, something you can aim your organization for. And when we talk MBAs, I think there's, for first and foremost, that's probably the quickest way to achieve two of those aspects. And that's, you can prove your ability for your IPC or information processing skills, 
Mm -hmm. um, as well as gain some education experience and even some networking and particularly on a global level, um, yep. some networking that, that you're not going to be able to achieve within most organizations or most roles in a very short period of time. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now for me, I think the other side of that is to look at it and go, I've never been an individual that set out and said, I wanted the role I'm in today. I just touched on the fact that I set out with the, with the idea to have a great job that allowed me to be successful personally. Yeah. And through that, I got passionate about my organization, passionate about the people, passionate about my ability to help lead people and lead the organization and develop people to a different place or to where I thought the organization could go. And the only way for me to do that was to experience multiple roles through multiple kind of times in my career mm -hmm. to gain that information specific to my organization, which would allow me then to transfer that when I got into the role that I could actually make the change, the role I'm in today. Okay. So yeah. for me, it made a lot of sense for me to gain those skill sets through the opportunities I could progress through Rockwell. Yeah. But for many others, there's, there's another path, which is the MBA. Both are great. Everybody has their own path. What I would challenge you for any individual to think about is why. And what are you trying to get out of it? Um, what are you looking to do with it next? Or is it, or are you filling a void in either scenario of, of not being successful and you think that'll take you to the next step? If that's the case, I, I challenge you to step back and relook at what are you really trying to accomplish? Mm -hmm. I hope that answered your question. Yeah, no, I, I really like the way you kind of put that because you kind of broke it down and showing that your goals and your success is basically on a personal thing. Like the job you're in right now is not necessarily what you set out to be, but it, it's been a, it's allowed you to be successful and do what you want to do and help achieve um, those goals. I really like the way you put that. Um, I know that your job involves constant traveling and stuff like that. How does the pandemic affected your job and what positives or negatives have come from that? Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, so on many levels, it hasn't affected my job. And, and um, what, what I mean by that is um, we still do sales calls. We still meet with customers. We still, it's just, it's done differently. It's virtually now instead of being in person, right? And, um, and that's where you get kind of the positive and negatives. I'll say first and foremost, okay, I'll just take the leadership piece first. So um, a big part of my role managing the sales organization is, is first of all, making sure my people are doing okay. It's, um, it's understanding that a situation like this, a global pandemic like this affects different people in different ways. And what do they need? So a large part of my role truly now has become is not about sales enablement or, or coaching and sales development, but, but really even as individuals, how can we provide them the support they need? And that might even be as simple as work-life balance. So, so I would say the percentage of time required and or needed to focus on the individual, although always important, has become even more important, okay? Um, and not to be forgotten in any way. 
from a sales perspective, it's really, it's an interesting dynamic because most people in my sales organization, as you can imagine, there's, there's a high percentage of like extroverted, want to go see customers, relationship build, so on and so forth. Um, and that does make it hard. Okay. But I think as we get used to technology and having conversations with customers, the best benefit out of all of this is on a single day, I can sit in my home office and I can have, and I've had these days with five to seven senior executive meetings across Canada from Halifax to Vancouver, all in the same day. And there was an expectation prior to um, the pandemic that you probably would not get that meeting unless you took the time to fly to them and be face-to-face. Mm-hmm. So I would say the biggest thing for me from a changing of the role isn't necessarily myself because we still have the same prep. We still um, have the same, um, you know, what customers, target customers and so on and so forth. Yeah. But I would say the biggest difference is our customers' willingness to step out of their comfort zone to meet with us in a different way. And it's become less about um, the personal relationship and more about the value that you bring to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, and it mean it saves you as an executive for Rockwell a lot of time because you don't say I have to fly to Halifax and then a day later fly to Vancouver, or then Calgary or Winnipeg or wherever, wherever that big executive is to have that meeting in person. Um, you say a relationships. Do you find like obviously sales, even though it's still about value, there's still definitely a relationship part of sales. Do you find your relationships are as good with customers during like over zoom compared to say being in person? Yeah, it depends. Um, so I think you'll probably get pick up on the fact that I'm a, I'm a person that first of all answers everything with defined relationships. And what I mean by that is um, for me, yes. Okay. And I think for a part of my organization, absolutely. Yes. Because I feel I can have the ability to connect over Zoom and phone calls and still see, you know, lock eye to eyes and have conversations. And for me, relationships are built on trust, credibility, and self-accountability. So being, you know, your word's your word, your bond. Yeah. But there's also a lot of, of people in sales and from our customer standpoint, where that relationship really is more about let's sit down and have, you know, dinner and break bread and have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And for them, it's been a lot more difficult. So for myself, very comfortable, but the recognition that um, a lot of people and a lot of them being our customers, that face-to-face really feels like the customer intimacy they're looking for. Yeah. And uh, that does become very different. So um, just as much as in the past, there's some people that didn't want to see you. So I think I think it's just things have switched percentage, probably the same. Interesting. That's a good point. Well, Steve, this was, this was really awesome. I I just want to appreciate again for taking the time. Um, And I just want to say thanks from all of us at Robin commerce podcast and say thanks to our listeners, please like, and subscribe for some more great content headed your way. Thanks for listening.